That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. All right, Jake, this is me from Waco, Texas, Aaron Zimmerman, co host, joined by Jacobus Smith from Poo York City. Uh, as we uh, just, I'm always trying to get Jake to laugh here. Uh, it's hard. He's a very serious man, but it's appropriate to be serious because it's uh, it's coming up on Ash Wednesday. It is Ash Wednesday now. I understand, Aaron. You've been already fasting. Yeah, um, since... I started on Quinquagesima Sunday, which for you liturgy nerds is like uh, the Latin name for a lot before Lent, and. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, not to be confused with Septuagesima Sunday. These are all things you can yeah. put in small print on your bulletin because it's fun. Because when do you get to use those words? But, yeah, no, I've given up so many things for Lent. I, I can't even tell you about it, Jake. And mm. um, I'm doing I'm doing much longer than you and much harder things mm. than you. Taken on a lot more. Uh, but if I tell you about yeah. them, they will be null and void. And mm. so I want to maintain my righteousness. Uh, so yeah, we you know we've been talking about getting ready for this Ash Wednesday recording, and uh, you shared a story about your your difficult childhood in Yuma, Arizona, a scarring event for you. Uh, you there, you I don't were. know if it was scarring as much as it it got me thinking about the whole um, Ash Wednesday thing. It was the first time that Ash Wednesday actually registered in my head um, as. Uh, maybe being problematic, but also being a good thing. And uh, and so we're hoping to hit on that. But I remember we were leaving a church and there was a, basically this huge Pentecostal church um, in my hometown called The Door. I'll never forget it. They were like Westboro Baptists, but prayed in tongues. And everybody knows how I feel about that. But anyway... Um, they were there and they had all of these big signs quoting Jesus, you know, do not practice your piety before men and God hates, you know, ashes on your forehead and all of these things and which began to get me to think about it and what what I was doing with the smudge on my head if Jesus condemned it so much. And so, um, you know, but uh, and indeed, there's a lot of superstition around Ash Wednesday, and uh, and a lot of misunderstanding can come as a result of Ash Wednesday. I think one of the biggest um, perpetuators of this misunderstanding uh, is Ashes to Go. Um, this year at how Calvary St. George's... How do you feel about it, Jake? Tell me how you feel yeah. about Ashes to Go. <laughs> well, well, this this uh, this year we'll be doing Ashes to Go at Calvary St. George's. I'll be uh, just having a piece of charcoal hanging from a string, <laughs> and as people come by, they can smudge themselves for all I care but anyway <laughs> go smudge yourselves yeah so, so for anyway, those who but, don't know i mean if you're an episcopalian and you have a social media account you know what ashes to go is and maybe you have a diocese that's into it and lots of churches do it and yeah. i think it, there and, can and be we some love good it things. we love it yeah it can be you know I, I know of people who 
come back to church because the you know their local congregation had an ashes to go thing and they went on Ash Wednesday. This is where you drive up or walk up and there's a, a priest or a layperson in a cassock looking like Neo from the Matrix, hopefully without the sunglasses and no Samuel L. Jackson, and with some ashes and they'll say a little prayer for you and they'll do the uh, Jake is laughing for those of you he has a silent laugh but I can see him on my on my screen here he's chuckling um, and uh, they'll put the ashes on your forehead and tell you that you're dust and to dust you shall return. Um, and that's ashes to go. And it was it, it, what a great way to start your day. Yeah, and that's so, right. But I, you know where you are. You in the jungle, <laughs> yeah. baby. Now you're gonna die. That's how I, think, I do ashes I think, at St. Albans Waco. We play uh, Welcome yeah. to the Jungle. Uh, don't tell Axel because he's not getting any royalties from us. Yeah. So I, I mean, I do think I see the evangelistic uh, but what, value. But in what? That. So Jake, you do though. You have a bee in your bonnet uh, about ashes to go. What is? Uh, and I, and I think I sh- I'm sympathetic with this. Um, I, I every year I debate whether or not I should do it. And I've never done it because I sort of feel like there's something important about the service Don't. in the church. What do you think? Wh- why is this an issue for you, Jacob? Well, I think it is really to, uh, on a powerful way. Um, to reflect your piety before men. I mean, it is not something to be taken lightly. Um, the the ashes, and this, this is our segue into the opening ooh, reading ooh. from the Old Testament from Joel. And so, and the idea here is, is that this is actually the beginning of a solemn fast. And, uh, and uh, a solemn fast where we reflect not just, hey, I've got a little extra minute before lunch or, um, hey, now I'm really good and I'm going to get it together. Um, but Ash Wednesday is the day to remind us that um, indeed you are dust and to dust you shall return, which is the curse. It's a word right from Genesis chapter 3. It's the curse and that you are going to die. Um, however, this is the... Um, this is the important thing of the smudge that we put on your head is very specific. It's not a star, it's not an emoji, but it's a cross. And, um, and this cross says that you will be resurrected on the last day. So, um, so on Ash Wednesday is the day we commemorate the fact that we are going to die. Uh, but the good news of the gospel is, is that um, um, your works won't be held against you. Yeah, I think so. There's also this other trend I've seen in some churches to add glitter to the ashes, which I think, you know, there, which we can just come out and say that, Jake, you and I don't support that. And not because we're mean, uh, hateful people, but uh, because it's the ashes are for mourning, the ashes are for lament, the ashes are for contrition. Um, there's not a part of this that's supposed to say you're special. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, we are we are loved by God. We are united by um, our sin and God's grace, which is given to us. Are we're united by our mortality? That's what we're saying here. You know, don't there. There's always a tendency to kind of try to soften the harsh and hard tone of Ash Wednesday. Um, in the Episcopal Church, we begin with this um, uh, prayer that we worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness. Again, that's mm. not a popular idea, and so some people want to push back against. Am I being? Am I shaming somebody by talking about their wretchedness? And no, we're actually for maybe one day a year being honest about our lives. Um, yeah. There's um, uh, such a need for people to lament 
and you actually do a psychological and spiritual disservice if you prevent yeah, when them you box from getting, that up. yeah, because yeah. you need to get it out. I mean, that's why good therapy is about going, or a good AA meeting is by going and actually saying the thing, like confessing, but then also not only the ninety-five percent of the stuff which is sinful, but you're sort of cool for saying it. The last five percent, which is the really embarrassing, humiliating, yeah. awful thing about and, who you are. And this is the thing to hit on if you're going to preach from the prophet Joel is uh, the the kind of the. The uh, second paragraph there, yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning, and rend your hearts and not your clothing. Um, and we return to the Lord our God because he's gracious and merciful. Mm -hmm. uh, what we're reminded, we don't need the glitter on our head uh, because, I mean, we know who we are, but we also know who our God is. And our God is gracious and merciful, and he loves his enemies. He lays his life down for his enemies. He's actually, as Joel says, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relents from punishing. Mm -hmm. And I love this question that's asked, who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave the blessing behind him, a grain offering and drink offering for the Lord. I mean, that, that, that stuff is really, that stuff is a description of who God is and so that why we can actually be honest with ourselves, uh, why we can actually weep over who we are. Yeah, there, we've been, uh, you and I have been talking about The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which in season two uh, features a scene in Temple where the family has gone for Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. It's the one day of, year, of the year that they're trying to lament for all their sins. And it's sort of fascinating that, you know, the, the one Catholic girl who's married into the family is really lamenting and she's getting into it. She's, she's singing louder than the cantor. And then everybody else is sort of just talking about what, what we're, you know, oh, I'm so hungry. And why does the four-year-old get to eat chocolate? And is the rabbi coming for dinner? And all this sort of stuff. But what's really powerful about it, and as you said at the end, Jake, the, the character Joel, who just asks, you know, after, he's, he's skipped services. He's just in his office alone. He's messed up his life. And he just asks over and over again, as he's drunk and passing out, can I just be forgiven? Can I, can I get some yes. forgiveness? And there's such a need for a place in the church to be honest about that. That's the gift yeah. here. And, and not only just to ask the question, but then to say, yes, yes, you yeah. can. And to, him, I, and to him, I would deliver ashes to go. Yeah. I would go and find uh, Joel right on his bed um, and say, remember, Joel, that thou art but dust, and to dust you shall return. And, um, yeah. And yeah. that really is that. And when Ash Wednesday and that liturgy is done and done well, that is what we are we are ans we are asking and answering the question at the same time and i think if you need another illustration uh, preachers out there the, the movie um, trouble at the el royale which after you watch it you may me think well i don't know cuz it's not exactly a family friendly movie but it's got john ham and uh, jeff bridges and a bunch of people that are kind of stuck in a hotel on the border between um, nevada and california uh, which is a whole metaphorical thing as well. But basically, the final scene is one of the most powerful displays of the huge need for forgiveness and how it comes from strange places. Um, uh, it, this is just, it's an enormous chasm in your life, the need for forgiveness and the need for honesty. You know, American culture is so focused on being happy and pretending like things are okay. As you know, Seinfeld uh, in Jerry Seinfeld in um, I think season two of Seinfeld is has this little bit where he's on stage talking about soda commercials, and he's asking like, where did these people summon the enthusiasm, like for soda? 
And of course, he's just pointing out the fact that life, at least to him, maybe is sort of meaningless and dark and despairing. And so we're all pretending like things are okay. Here in the church, we don't say life is meaningless, but we do get honest about the despair and the difficulty and the sin and our mortality. So this is about getting honest. Um, and lament is something that's so lacking in our culture, yet there's so much to lament. And I think part of a lot of the psychological disturbance that affects all of us is the fact that there's no safe space to lament. There's no space, safe space to confess uh, and to be honest. And that's what this is the gift that we're giving people. So Lent it up. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And and I think too, like in and to, to talk about St. Paul's epistle here from Second Corinthians, uh the the kind of the concept here is that well it seems so negative. You know, it seems you seem so down on life, but but the truth is, is to be happy all the time, uh, to you know, um, to never cry is actually to put an obstacle in people's ways to actually really truly engaging with God, um, and to getting it out. And you know, and this is I think what he says here: we are treated as imposters and yet are true. You know, yeah. this is this is life is ash. As yeah. unknown, I mean, ash says like that. That's what's left over is the waste. Yet there, um, you are truly known because the mark is the mark of the cross on your head. As dying and see, yet we are alive and punished and yet not killed. As sorrow yet always rejoicing. As poor yet making many rich. As having nothing and yet possessing everything. And really, the theme of Ash Wednesday is to truly lose is to truly win. That's right. Because um, there, like as you said earlier, we're joined with Adam, but by the cross we are united with Christ in a resurrection like his. And so we can really then make sense of Matthew chapter 6. Um, this is not about the practicing of piety. Um, I always encourage people to, um, if you leave them, if you leave the smudge on your face, remember it's an evangelistic tool, and to share the gospel with who you come into contact. But uh, when you go home, wash your face, mm. and remember that Jesus doesn't sully you. But as you wash your face, remember your baptism, and that Jesus, and by His cross, cleans you up and makes you whiter than snow. Yeah, I mean, the, there's that beautiful thing where what we do liturgically in the church with the ashes sort of continues at home when you wash those ashes off, which you hopefully will eventually. Um, and no, I like to leave mine on for days. I days. gave up washing my face I use for a Lent. Sharpie actually at St. Albans. We just put that on there. <laughs> That'll last a good two weeks, uh, especially for kids who wash less frequently. Just a big old one of those chisel tip sharpies like you would use for a garage sale sign. We just. <laughs> we did not rehearse that jake is uh, losing awesome. it over there uh yeah i think um there's some really powerful moments in ash wednesday too uh preachers if you do this i'm always undone up there at the rail when people are kneeling putting it on the foreheads of old people who i know i will bury in the next year most likely and also putting it on the heads of babies and uh, children and just saying to somebody, gosh, it's a powerful thing. Remember that you're dust and to dust you'll return, which is a massively honest, wonderful, liberating truth to say about life. I mean, we're all going to die. Yeah. It puts everything in great perspective. Um, you know, terminal diagnosis gives one great clarity about life and what really matters, which is uh, to say what matters is God and your relationship to God and um, where are you with, as they might say, the universe, um, uh, which we would say <laughs> um, is, is, is not um, a thing uh, to be worried about, but to the one who made the universe. Uh, that's what we're really trying to say using non-theological language. And so 
what, what we give people here is a chance to be honest about their life, to be honest about mortality. Um, and, and in light of that, well, what do we say? We say, Jesus Christ is the one who's given to you. Um, and if you had to bear your sins, you could not do it. And the, that's what I talk about Matthew 6, just the Jesus is revealing to people that when you're pious, it actually might be a sin. Uh, mm-hmm. And when you're sinful, that's sin. Uh, there's no escape, really, um, because if you, um, you know, Ash Wednesday is that time where people would read Matthew 6 and say, oh, well, I guess I better wash my face. So they'll, they'll, they won't put ashes on and they'll feel righteous about that. Or they'll say, um, no, I'm going to put ashes on and do that to be seen by others and feel righteous about that. I always felt like Jesus, this is another example of him kind of closing the exits. Whichever way you go, you're fine that you're a sinner. And so ultimately the, the thing here that we point people to, as always, is Jesus Christ. What do you what do you want to say, Jake? Um, well, I want to say uh, a couple of things, but uh, I think that um, you know, I think when we're putting on our ashes and doing that, I think it's important for us. Uh, I was thinking about Frank Lake and uh, his yeah. uh, clinical theology, and he says, um, and you know, when we have our ashes on too, to remember this is for you, and this helps break the piety cycle. So when you're preparing your sermon preach to yourself. And he says, mm-hmm. it is at this point that as a Christian therapist, medical or pastoral care, we ought to be driven to accept ourselves as basically no different from our patients or parishioners. Mm-hmm. We have to step out of our role of professional superiority and stand with him or her before the cross at the place of help. If we retreat from this, both we and our brothers face spiritual disaster. We cannot help an anxious person to to the peace of God if the peace has not been given to us by the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. making real Christ-justifying grace. And uh, and so when we are preaching, you need to preach. If you're going to preach this message, because it is heavy, um, you have to preach it to yourself um, and uh, and be ready to, um, yeah, you have to be able to speak to yourself because without this, it's really depressing and you can you can run folks off. Yeah. It is. And I think it's okay to say that at the beginning of your sermon, you know, Ash Wednesday is a day to be somber, to be sober, to be honest, to be real, to deal with what's actually going on. It's not a day to sort of glad hand and um, uh, make light of what's happening, which is why I think you and I, you know, it's possible to do ashes to go with reverence and dignity, I'm sure. But but I think that's the thing that you and I were kind of taking issue with is just somehow making it lighter than it is. And there's obviously a temptation to release that pressure because it's intense. But um, you really uh, you want to give people you do them a great service by letting people be honest. And I think you know, I, I, I will sometimes also hear um, talk about Lenten disciplines and there's kind of a, uh, the school of giving something up, the school of taking something on or doing both. And what I always say is the point in a lot of these ends up being you, whether you take something on or give it up, you usually um, are obsessed with it and you get neurotic about it and mm. you fail at it. And so then you have found um, that you're a sinner which is yeah. sort of the message. And, and now you're ready for the grace of the gospel. Um, ah, because Jesus, so Jesus here is, is diagnosing what human beings do, which is when we do something pious, we want credit. 
Um, we are aware, deeply aware of our own piety, of our own specialness, of our own holiness, of all the good things we're doing. Um, and so he's talking about that in Matthew 6. But what he's saying is, as soon as you've done that, you've lost your reward because now you've made that about yourself. Which is, this is what Martin mm -hmm. Luther was talking about when he said your, your, um, your, um, your righteous deeds, your works of, of goodness are actually mortal sins. Um, he mm. was talking about this. So, so the point of Lent, the invitation here, which begins on Ash Wednesday, to realize you're going to die, to realize your mortality, and also to realize your sinfulness, which is what, what happens when you, um, when you try to be pious. You thought you were just sinful mm. when you were sinful, but you're also mm -hmm. sinful when you're pious. Yep, indeed. Especially J.P. Smith. Yeah. And, uh, and, and through all of that, never forget that uh, Jesus is a greater Savior. That's right. And um, and so, and y you know what the truth is, is that's what it is to be semel used to set peccator, justified and sinner at the same time, is you can't help but walk out there out of that church and say, look at me. Um, and mm. You can't help but say, uh, Lord, have mercy. Um, and uh, that's why it is ash and cross at the same time. Uh, Lord, look at me. Lord, have mercy. Remember, O men, that thou art but dust, and to dust mm. you shall return. Mm. Well, that is it, and uh, we will move forward into Lent, and uh, we will uh, talk to you all very soon. So happy smudging, everyone. Yeah, happy Ash Wednesday, Jake. Happy Ash Wednesday, uh, uh, Aaron. All right. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Same Old Song, and we hope you found some nuggets that will be helpful either in your preaching or just in your life. If you like what you heard, we would love it if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes. Dave's all will be sad if you don't. We'd like to thank the Narrativo Group for audio production. Keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.